G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I sense God was saying to me, close the door here, Joanne. I've got something else for you to do. And I didn't know at that point what that was. One morning, I was just sitting near the Mediterranean Sea reading my Bible, and I was reading Isaiah 42. See the former things have taken place and new things I declare. And I knew God was saying to me, come on, Joanne, how many times do I have to tell you Go home and start writing. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Joanne Bertelson says, it's not too late to do the thing that God has put on your heart to do. Just go for it. And the thing that God put on her heart to do when she was 56 years old was to become an author. Today, she'll share her story and what led to her becoming a late-blooming writer. Also, she'll share one of her short stories that she entered into a writing competition. She's having a chat with Eric Scadabo. Joanne Burleson, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you with us, and you're joining us from Sydney today? That's right. (laughs) Okay, and now we're going to hear your story in just a bit, but before we do, let's begin with that story you've written about a friend of yours. What is that story? Okay, um, this story is called The Ring, and it actually is about a ring that belonged to my lovely friend Ruth Allen when she was a young girl. Uh, She was given it when she was around nine, and she told me this story quite a few years ago now, and it just touched me so much then that um, I put it on my computer hoping the day would come when I could write it up and um, do something with it. And that day came this year when I entered it in the Stories of Life competition. And it was a finalist, if I understand. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so a lot of people liked sharing this story. And now it seems on its face kind of a little thing, like somebody lost their ring when they were small. You know, why is that a big deal? But for her, it was a big deal. That's right, Eric. Um, As soon as I heard it, because I knew the journey her life had taken since then and she's faced huge challenges in her life, Mm -hmm. um, that you know, well, she really had to rely on God and trust God in. As soon as she told me this story, I could see that way back then when she was only nine, God had begun to build into her this trust that he did care for her and that he would answer prayer. And so that's one of the reasons I really wanted to write it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just to honor God that he was there for her back then and he continued to be with her through all the hard things in her life. Perhaps if I explain what the story is about. Yeah, that'd be good. What happened when she was nine years old? Um, When she was nine, her mother had actually passed away when she was only six. And so she lived with her father and brothers. And Ruth's father was involved in Christian ministry and the family were not well off. And uh, But Ruth dearly wanted this gold signet ring. Um, some of the listeners might know how little girls just set their heart on things <laughs> like this, and she yeah. really wanted it. But um, the father kept saying they couldn't afford it. But in the end, he said to her, well, 
you can have it, but it'll have to be a combined birthday, Christmas present. And it was a little bit big, and so he ran a little bit of cotton around the back of it to try and keep it on her finger. But unfortunately, not long after she was given it, she was playing on the beach. They were away on holidays camping, and she lost it in the sand. Hmm. And uh, she was just absolutely devastated. Oh, yeah. Um, as you can imagine, a little girl would feel. Oh, yeah. This was her prized possession, I imagine. And then to lose it, it must have been devastating. That's right. And um, she just looked and looked everywhere on the beach for it and for so long. And in the end, had to go back to her father and just tell her that she'd lost it. And he said, well, you know, we don't have the money to buy another one. But... Um, being a very committed Christian, he prayed with her about finding the ring. And she went to bed that night. And the next morning, she went down to the beach where she'd been building the sandcastle. And the tide had washed the sandcastle right away under the ocean. And uh, she just thought, oh, that's the end of the ring. It's out on the ocean somewhere. And she, I, I just have this picture in my mind of my friend as a little girl, probably just longing for a hug from her mum mm. who wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But she just sat on the sand and was just letting her hand, picking up uh, handfuls of sand and just letting the sand just drift through her fingers back onto the beach. Mm-hmm. And as she just sat there so sad, um, she noticed something glinting in the sun. And she looked down and that was actually her ring. And it was like, you know, the ring had just sat there all night through all that tide coming in and out, waiting to be found. And it was like God was saying, now see... See, I do care about you. Mm. You know, here's your ring. And so that is like a little image, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, In her mind that God would care for her even through the hard times in her life. He was still there for her and he would answer her prayer. Mm. And that made such a huge impression on her that even in her later years, she's in her 80s now, she still remembers that story like it was yesterday. Yes. I saw that on her face yesterday when she was here talking to me. Is that right? Um, And that's why I ended the story with this um, little paragraph I wrote. As she runs to tell her father and brothers, her heart soars like the seagulls flying above her in the blue sky. God cared enough to make sure she found her ring again. God did something that seemed impossible just for her. Wow. (laughs) So simple, but yet so profound. It's just a simple story, but to me it's like an image, you know, that image of finding that ring and that God will care for us all, not just my friend, but all of us. Mm -hmm. And so that was a finalist in the Stories of Life competition, which we'll talk about more at the end of the program. Now let's kind of change gears and talk about your story. Let's find out what were the events in your life that shaped you into being the writer you are today. Oh, goodness. That's a long story, but I'll try. Um, I grew up in Brisbane in the 50s and 60s, and back then, no one I knew ever became a writer. It just wasn't what you did back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, You became something much more dependable and not as way out as a writer. And so um, you became a teacher or a nurse or something like that. And so I started off on the teaching track. But um, growing up too, as far as my Christian input is concerned, I was sent to Sunday school, as you were back in those days, and confirmed in our local church. But I dropped out when I was around 13. I just had too many other interests in my life. Mm -hmm. But in year 10 at school, when I was 15 at high school, a friend invited me to a camp, a week-long camp run by her church, the Methodist Church Mm -hmm. back then. 
And uh, that's just turned my life around 180 degrees. Um, I can still remember, and it's over 55 years ago now, yeah. I can still remember the night, uh, the second last night of the camp, the speaker's face just shone with this love of God. And I remember thinking, oh, that's what I need in my life. And uh, that night, it just blew me away that God knew, actually knew me, mm -hmm. this insignificant 15-year-old, and that he loved me and he had a purpose for my life. I couldn't believe that I actually mattered to God. Yeah. And I knew from that point on that whatever I did in my life, a writer or a teacher or whatever, that the point of my being here on this earth was to live for God, whatever I did. And that has colored my writing right now in, in this moment, even though it was 55 years ago. <laughs> and you wrote about it. You said, it was as if Jesus stepped out of the stained glass window at our old church and right into my life. What a wonderful way of putting that. Absolutely, because I can still see those stained glass windows in St. Thomas's <laughs> yeah. Church to Wong in Brisbane, and it was exactly like that in my life, yes. <laughs> yeah, and another thing I want to say is we're kind of hearing a theme here. Yourself and your friend Ruth had these very pivotal moments, stories, experiences when you were young that have stayed with you to this day. Absolutely, but God's watched over us through all of those years mm -hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now let's move on to married life for you. Oh, yes. Um, I went on to university to do an arts degree and married a minister uh -huh. straight after graduating and taught high school for a while and then left to have our three children and many years later returned to teaching and then was offered a job as an editor of uh, material for Christian schools. But, you know, even then, this was around 30 years ago, I never thought I would ever become a writer. But, you know, God organized it so that I learned those editing skills even back then, yeah. even before I yeah. knew I would need them for my own books, <laughs> which is amazing to me. And, uh, and in this time of moving from writing to editing, I had another pivotal experience that showed me all over again how truly amazing God's love for each of us is. And um, I was quite exhausted at the end of my teaching journey. Mm -hmm. And um, we were away on holidays, and the rest of the family had gone out on New Year's Eve, this was. And uh, I just knew that God wanted to meet with me in a special way that night before I stepped into my editing role. And I walked over to the piano in the house where we were, and I just played some worship songs. And then I went and stood in the middle of the lounge and just sang praises to God. And it was just like this joy bubbled up inside me. Mm. And um, then I, I saw a picture in my mind. And I don't know, this might sound a bit unusual, but it's like in a dream if you have a vivid picture and you remember it the next morning. Mm -hmm. It was like that. And I saw someone who I knew was Jesus holding this little baby in his arms. And I knew that that baby was me. Mm. And he was looking down at me and with this most amazing love on his face. And he was saying, wow, Joanne, wow, Joanne. And it was like I knew he was speaking into my heart and saying to me, I just love you so much just the way I created you to be before you could achieve anything in your life, academically or musically or whatever. Um, don't worry about that. I love you perfectly just the way I created you to be. And at the same time, I saw another picture of all my certificates and things that I'd achieved bundled in this little um, blanket 
and I saw these hands sort of push it to one side on the surface. And I knew again that God was saying, look, all those achievements are wonderful because I was a real achiever, a mm. perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I probably still am, <laughs> but um, in some ways at least, although God has enabled me a lot on that journey. But uh, I knew God was saying, look, that doesn't matter to me because I love you just the way I created you to be. Mm-hmm. And that's true for, for all the listeners hearing this today and anyone. That's, that's the amazing love of God. And that's what I love to write about mm-hmm. in my novels and my nonfiction today, mm-hmm. because people need to hear that. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Joanne Bertelson, who became an author when she was 56 years old. Joanne is sharing with us the events in her life that have led to her becoming a late-blooming writer. We'll hear more of her story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with author Joanne Bertelson in Sydney, who started to write her first book when she was 56 years old. As we heard before the break, God had been working in Joanne's life since she was a young girl. Next, we'll find out how God finally leads her to become a writer, as Joanne continues to share her story. Ever since you were small, did you have an interest in writing? Or was it something you longed to do? Uh I did love writing at school. I didn't mind when we were set little compositions at school and essays and so on. Um, but I just put it all aside because I thought, oh, no, you, you nev- I could never become a writer. And it wasn't what you did, as I said earlier, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's amazing to me that this has unfolded at yeah. this stage in my life. Yeah, step by step, he's kind of led you, and this has kind of blossomed in your life. And it was at 56 years old. That's right. Um I, I, after I did that editing job and I moved on into a job in our church office and then um, God called me to, to go to theological my, college myself in my late 40s, which was another amazing gift from God. And from there I was called on to be part of our pastoral team. But after a few years, I sensed God was saying to me, close the door here, Joanne, I've got something else for you to do. Mm. And I didn't know at that point what that was. And for six months, I just wandered around. I was a bit exhausted from ministry. Mm-hmm. And I traveled to Turkey in the June of that year to visit a friend, a single friend who lives and works in Turkey, mm-hmm. to enable her to have a holiday. And we backpacked along the Mediterranean Sea, catching oh, wow. buses and so on. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I've been to Turkey five times wow. since then. But um, <laughs> but um, as a result of that, one morning, I was just sitting near the Mediterranean Sea reading my Bible. And I was reading Isaiah 42, and I had a little notebook with me, and I noticed I noted verse 9 there that says, See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. And I wrote in my little notebook, Lord, I know that that ministry I loved is gone. I know that that's finished, and I loved speaking so much in that. I thought, oh, I'm never going to speak again ever. Um, and... I just wrote, I, but I, while I'm away, I really want to hear the next thing you have for me to do. I'm really listening, God. Mm-hmm. And I then went on to read the other verses in that same chapter, 
Isaiah 42. And I came to verse 18, and I couldn't believe what I was reading because it says there, uh, remember I just said, I'm listening, God, I want to hear. Mm -hmm. And then I read verse 18, and it says, Hear you deaf. Look you blind and see. Who is blind (laughs) but my servant and deaf like the messenger I send? And then it goes on, You have seen many things but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. And I told my lovely friend who I was with, and, and she, uh, she said, oh, what do you think God's saying? That sounds a bit harsh. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. And I said to her, oh, I didn't hear any harshness in those words, but I knew God was saying to me, come on, Joanne, how many times do I have to tell you, go home and start writing? And so oh, that's wow. how I started writing. At the end of that year, I started to get my thoughts in order, and I wrote all the next year. And out of that writing came my first two novels. Wow. So it's all of God. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you were going to miss speaking. Now, somehow writing and speaking has gone together for you. Is that right? Yes, that's, that's an amazing privilege to me because I think being a school teacher way back, that helped me so much because I was used to standing up in front of a class Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then when I went to theological college, of course, we had to speak and preach and lead groups and all sorts of things. And so I was used to standing up in front of an audience or a mm-hmm. congregation. And so when it came to my writing journey, I read my first novel and then I thought God said to me, well, come on, Joe, now it's time to get up and start speaking again. And I had never thought of this whole concept of combining my speaking and writing And so that, again, was another amazing surprise from God's hand, if you like, that um, since then I would have spoken at probably about 250 different places since about 2008, little churches, little groups, big groups, secular groups, Mm -hmm. about writing and about all sorts of things about the themes of my books, like the love of God, the grace of God, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just the most amazing privilege at this stage in my life. <laughs> oh, so are you saying that you kind of wrap the themes of your writing into your speaking? That's right. And on my website, there's a spot where people can see that, you know, if they want me to come and speak, they can say, oh, we'd like you to speak on forgiveness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we have a little chat and, and we see what suits the group where they want me to speak. So, yes, I, I've, um, see, we, even when I write novels, I write them with, I want to say something through mm-hmm. my novels. Yeah. And so they're, they're on very uh, deep themes like the love of God, the grace of God, forgiveness. Um, I just approved a novel for publication today, actually. It's on a huge theme of forgiveness. And so, um, yes, that's, I just find it such a privilege to speak on those key topics that God wants us all, I think, to come to grips with. Well, it's almost as if floodgates have opened up here. I mean, you've written short stories, novels, and stories about your own life as well. I mean, you're just writing here, there, and everywhere. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I've written seven novels and two nonfiction. Uh, my last nonfiction, uh, Becoming Me, Finding My True Self in God, that really does encapsulate some of the things that I've we've talked about here this mm-hmm. morning, Eric. Yeah. You know, the whole thing of going on in your life. And on the cover of that book, there's actually... One of those Russian dolls, they're called Matryoshka dolls, but oh, you yeah. take off a layer yep. and there's another layer underneath and another yeah. layer underneath. Yeah. And, and that's what I feel God has done in my life. And that's why I think when we get into our 50s, you know, those layers have hopefully been removed <laughs> by God of like uh, achieving and trying to be a perfectionist and 
learning to forgive others and so on. And we find that person, that kernel there that God created us to be. Hmm. And so why not go for it and just be that person? Uh, because the world needs us. You know, we have experience and we, we have things to say to this world. So that's why I'd encourage others to get to and write or get to and do whatever you've been gifted to do in your life. So do you think you have this passion deep inside of you since you were a child and you just had to kind of let it come out? Do you know, Eric, I think that's very perceptive. I think that's right. And um, I just think God in His grace has just persevered with me <laughs> through my life. And uh, right now, I'm 72 now, I don't mind saying that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like God is just smiling at me saying, you know, see, see, Joanne, this is what I created you to be. And that, that's the experience I would love other people to have yeah. as well. Of course, the Bible says you will have life and have it more abundantly. And it sounds like you are having it very abundantly now with all your writing and all the fun you're having. <laughs> That's right, plus grandchildren and all sorts of other things <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> yes. So what advice would you have somebody who maybe has had a dream or a kernel of something they wanted to do since they were a child but just never developed it? What would you say to them? Look, I think, yes, you have to have the courage to take that initial step and you know step out and try. Mm -hmm. But look, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. You know, you can if you if you make a mistake, that's that's why you know failure. It's not the end, is it? You learn yep. something from yep. it. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I had to learn to send my manuscripts out, and I had many rejections. And I've entered the stories of life before, and and not had any response. You know, you have to put yourself out there, especially with writing. Um, it's it's a risky thing, isn't it? You make yeah. yourself vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But you know. Um, Gosh, look what Jesus did for us. Look how vulnerable he became. And so surely we can put ourselves out there and, and you know, try the things. And, and there will be people around you. That's what the body of Christ is for too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so grateful for my lovely, I have a little email prayer team of mm -hmm. eight women who pray for me wherever I speak and in my writing journey. And, and that's what I'd encourage people to do, to have people around them praying for them. Mm -hmm. or one or two people they can, who can share the journey with them. Mm -hmm. And in our few moments remaining, can you tell us about this Stories of Life competition that you've entered several times? Oh, well, um, the Stories of Life um, comes around every year, and I, I have always thought I'm not a natural short story writer, but if I feel I, there's something I really want to share, I do enter it. And mm -hmm. a couple of other years I've had stories published. Mm -hmm. I don't enter every year. But each year, they, it, it's there to be entered, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for people to, to try. It can be some story from your own life, mostly that is what it is, but you are allowed to write someone else's story as well. Mm -hmm. And you can write a short version, um, 500 words, or a longer version. Mine was about 1,500. And it, it might sound a lot of words to someone beginning and writing, but it's not really... Once you start writing, I think you'd surprise yourself. So. Yeah, and then you can enter into the whole Christian writing community here in Australia. That's right. And actually, many when I started in writing 2008, there were not many groups for Christian authors in Australia. Now, there's at least three. Okay. There's Omega Writers. Um, you can look them up online. There's uh, Christian Writers Down Under, mm -hmm. a Facebook group, yep. and there's Australasian Christian Writers. So there's lots of Christian writing help around the place. 
That's great. Just encouraging each other and just expressing yourself and using your God-given creative skills. That's right, Eric. Joanne Burleson, thank you so much for sharing your story and encouragement today. Oh, look, I just thank you so much for this opportunity of um, sharing my heart in writing with everyone. And I just hope that, um, you know, someone is encouraged to step out and do what God's calling them to do, whatever their age. That was Eric Scatterbo chatting with author Joanne Bertelson, who, as we heard, just loves expressing herself through writing and speaking engagements. She seems to be the epitome of that verse Eric mentioned about God giving us life and giving it to us more abundantly. Truly, her cup is overflowing. Well, how about you? Is there something that God has placed on your heart to do many years ago that you have been putting off or have just lacked the courage to try? As Joanne says, it's not too late to do the thing that God has put on your heart to do. Just go for it. And I would encourage you to start off with something small today and pray that God will gradually lead and guide you, just like he did in Joanne's life. Well, to find out more about Joanne's books, her website is joannebertelson.com. That's joannebertelson.com. Also, to find out more about the Stories of Life writing competition, the website is storiesoflife.net. Once again, that's storiesoflife.net. Well, thanks for joining us for Joanne's inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. My stepdad uh, had a strong faith and kept us in church. My dad had the opposite lifestyle, so for a lot of my uh, younger years, every other weekend I would be adaptable to whatever the environment was. Um, You'd be at stock cars one weekend with my Stepmom's family giving me rum and cokes when I was 10 sitting watching stock cars to the next weekend in church service. Angela Buono says she has always been a people pleaser, which proved to be a very difficult task as she grew up splitting time between two very different families. Angela shares how she eventually took a stand for the Lord next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.